This is Cruise Radio. There's no reason why you should ever not have travel insurance. Get a quote today at tripinsurance.com. Here we go. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thanks so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio, a review of Carnival Breeze today. And Sherry Laskin here with Cruise News, episode number 500, and so happy to have you along for the ride. Hey, Sherry. Hey, Doug. Sad news out of Little French Key, that animal sanctuary and resort off the coast of Roatan. Talk to us about it. Yeah, there's a Little French Key is basically a sanctuary set up by a certain individual. It's a rehab center for abused circus and zoo animals and probably, I would imagine, some um, animals that live locally that just can't spend for themselves. But on Sunday, there was a huge fire at the resort and it resulted in $3 million worth of damages, you know, pretty much wiped out some of the main uh, buildings that they were using. And the owner says he does suspect that arson is to blame for it. There is some good news you can find in here. Nearly all of the animals survived except for a poor little rabbit and two parrots. And the owner, he set up a GoFundMe account to try to raise money to get the place back in even better condition, he said, than it was before. And at this time, he hopes to open the resort at the end of this month, although, of course, it's only going to be on a limited basis. But it sure will help if you're bringing in more people to raise money that way. Moving on here, Carnival Cruise Line's new ship, Carnival Horizon, hit a pier in New York City. Yes, the Carnival Horizon was returning to New York City at the Manhattan Terminal. It was out on an eight-night cruise. Coming back, it struck Cruise Terminal Pier 90. Uh, Again, good news, no injuries were reported and only minor damage was done to the bow. And, And from what we've learned, apparently river currents can be really strong and it's not unusual for ships to ask for tugboat assistance when docking in Manhattan. Also, Carnival Cruise Line launched a blimp that's currently on a tour of the Southeast, huh? Yeah, this is kind of cool. It's like, it reminds me of like the Goodyear blimp that we used to see in Miami way back when. But this is uh, in conjunction with their latest awareness event, and it's called Homeport Advantage. And it began today, the, the promotion began today, and it coincided with Carnival's sixth annual day of play at St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital in Memphis. Now, of course, Homeport Advantage, you know, they're just trying to get the word out to the people in Southeast, you know, Florida, Georgia, Texas, et cetera, that they can drive to a home port that's really uh, pretty convenient. So anyway, this is the, uh, the blimp is actually, they're calling it an airship. It's 128 feet long and it's going to be floating through the sky starting uh, actually September 1st. So if you want to check the flight path, simply go to carnival.com slash choose fun and you can see uh, the interactive map. You can see pictures of the airship. It's really kind of a fun idea and, you know, have you looking up to the skies. Royal Caribbean has updated their non-alcoholic carry-on beverage policy and I couldn't make heads or tails out of it. So I asked Matt Hotchberg over at Royal Caribbean blog about it and this is what he told me earlier today. This new policy change by Royal Caribbean is actually interesting because it's a policy to reflect reality. What I mean by that is up until this week, the written policy was you weren't allowed to bring non-alcoholic beverages on a Royal Caribbean cruise, period. Well, in reality, people were bringing it all the time. Royal Caribbean tended to look the other way when it came to non-alcoholic beverages, and I often would tell readers, hey, you can still bring it, just employ a don't ask, don't tell policy with it, 
put in your carry-on luggage, you'll be fine. Well, the new policy change is actually going to update its policy to be more reflective, I think, of what is actually happening, which is that they don't really, quote-unquote, care about bringing, you know, sodas or water on board. It's still alcohol is absolutely still uh, not allowed to be brought on board, with the exception of two bottles of wine per stateroom. So now they're allowing guests officially to bring non-alcoholic beverages on board, but at the same time, protecting against what looks like some guests who just came from, like, Costco and loading up with cartons and cartons of drinks they want to protect against that. So the new policy says that non-alcoholic beverages may be brought on board may not exceed 12 standard 17-ounce cans, bottles, or cartons per stateroom. Distilled water or specialized beverages such as milk for medical purposes, dietary, or infant use are still permitted without any limits. Thank you, Matt. All right, Cherry, you're back up again. Holland America's new ship, the new Stottendam, just underwent sea trials. Yes, the new Stottendam uh, just successfully completed two sets of sea trials, and that took place over the course of uh, several days and in, in the Mediterranean, which you never know how that sea is going to be. But passed with flying colors, and delivery is expected to be on December 1st, 2018. I love it. Looking forward to it. Got a listener email here from Duncan. Got a price drop notification for Carnival Breeze. How do I redeem it, and will it make my final payment lower? Yeah, this is an interesting question, and we, we've gotten this before. And, and you know, things always change. Uh, this is not written in stone. But basically, there are two, two things with, with Carnival that I've been able to figure out. One is their 48-hour guarantee. So if you book yourself on Carnival, but you find a lower rate somewhere else with a different company, you have 48 hours to let Carnival know. They will verify it. And then on their website, there is a rate change claim form that you would file, and they will give you 100%, 110% of the difference between the two prices as onboard credit. And then the other way would be if, if you saw, if Duncan, if you saw a price drop, um, just simply have you, either you or have your travel agent give Carnival a call and see if they will adjust the price downward. Um, a lot will depend, of course, on the promotion code that it was booked, your original booking was under. If it applies, if this new lower rate applies to new bookings only, you know, that then you're sort of out of luck unless you're able to cancel your existing booking without a penalty and then call back and rebook at the lower rate. Now that sometimes works, that sometimes doesn't. It really depends again on the rate code and the promotion that your original booking was placed. So really that's about it. And once you pass final payment, you can pretty much forget it, but it doesn't, it never hurts to give them a call and try to at least get some onboard credit, if nothing else. Been talking with Sherry Kennedy from CruiseMaven.com. Thank you, Sherry. Thanks, Doug. If you have an Amazon Alexa-enabled device, ask her to enable the Cruise Radio News skill so you can get daily updates anytime. Straight from Cruise Radio. When is your next cruise? Where are you going? And what are you going to do once you get there? Market-leading specialist CruisingExcursions.com offers savings up to 60% offshore excursions versus cruise line prices. Whether it's private, shared, scenic, historic, or family tours, CruisingExcursions.com has up to 12,000 excursions in over 700 ports worldwide, like Rome, Vatican City, St. Petersburg, Sydney, and Jamaica, just to name a few. You can even bundle your excursions for more savings. Make your next vacation affordable and unforgettable by visiting CruisingExcursions.com. We'd love to hear your comments. Email comments at cruiseradio.net. PJ just returned from a trip on the Carnival Breeze out of Texas. How you doing, PJ? 
Good. Doug, how are you? Good, man. We were talking. This is your second Carnival cruise, but fourth cruise overall. Who did you sail before Carnival? I uh, did two cruises on Norwegian, the uh, Star back in 07, 08 on a New Year's cruise, and then the uh, a short one on the Sky uh, as a baby moon when my wife and I were expecting our first. Very nice. What made you want to jump over to Carnival? Well, we took our first Carnival cruise in 2015 because it uh, it sails out of Galveston and it was a really affordable option. It's kind of a first family cruise after we uh, we finished having kids. Uh, and uh, we enjoyed that. And then this time around, um, it was uh, a first cruise for a lot of my family members. And uh, price was a big factor for us and the uh, fact that they sail out of Galveston. So uh, all, all signs led to Carnival on this one. Okay. Now, you live in the Houston area and you had to make your way down to Galveston. How, uh, like, how far is that? For me, it's about an hour and 15-minute drive. And I had a family flying in from all over the country to join us on this cruise. And so they, they spent the night with us the night before. And, uh, and we all kind of uh, carpooled and drove down together. Is, is there air service down there at the port? The closest air service is to Houston, to Houston airports. Uh, Hobby is the closer of the two than uh, Intercontinental. Uh, the cruise lines do have shuttle service, and mm-hmm. there's a variety of, of other ride options, too, via Uber, Lyft, or, or Super Shuttle, or anything else. Yeah, I, I thought like years ago, I remember seeing that like, maybe Southwest was talking about going into Galveston, maybe. Maybe. I don't remember, even know now. now I don't know, because Galveston does not have commercial air service. Okay. It's a, a general aviation airport. Gotcha. Um, but, uh, yeah, the closest one would be uh, Galveston. Okay, very nice. I'm sorry, closest one would be Houston Hobby. Now, whenever you get down there and drive down there, do you park um, at the actual cruise pier or do you use an off-site, uh, off-site lot? No, we use an off-site lot. We got a pretty good deal with a coupon. It was about uh, $50 for the week uh, for, for each car. Not bad at all. Uh, when you go to embark at Carnival Breeze, how was that process? You know, uh, we didn't do faster the fun. We were in normal staterooms, so we didn't have any priority access. And um, they did the uh, staggered check-in time where you had the window you're supposed to meet. We actually showed up uh, a little bit later than our, our window, but with the new embarkation process where they just lift your picture from your, your driver's license or passport and uh, they print your cards and have them waiting for you in the stateroom, we were curbed to ship in about 15 minutes or less. It was really, really a, a swift uh, process. Wow, that's, that's really fast. Now, you make your way uh, on board Carnival Breeze. What were your first impressions? Oh, man, this ship was huge. Uh, it was, you know, we're used to, to some of the bigger ships, uh, having done the, the Norwegian Star and the um, and the Carnival Freedom before. Uh, but, man, this was uh, even bigger. I liked the decor on the uh, Breeze as well. It was not as loud as some of the other Carnival ships that I've seen on video tours and uh, as on the Freedom that I experienced before. Uh, and all the staff was just super friendly from the get-go. Yeah, it's uh, it's yeah, because you sailed you sailed Carnival Freedom, so that's like night and day with the decor because the Carnival Breeze is very... I guess what subdue you'd say compared to to Carnival yeah, Freedom Tame. I think it's the first one that wasn't designed by uh, Joe Farkas mm-hmm. uh, with Carnival, so it, it, it definitely didn't have his signature touches on there, except for in the uh, main theater. I think that was the only space that was designed by him. But uh, everything else was just a uh, much more subdued. Um, it didn't have like the loud oranges or anything. It was much more kind of a, a it. It's called the breeze, so it's very very Caribbean tropical type of colors and, and uh, evocative of the sea. What kind of stateroom did you book, and what did you think of it? Uh, so my family and I, we had uh, the my wife and I, and, and our two small girls who were uh, four and two at the time, um, had a standard balcony stateroom, and you know it was smaller than I was expecting. We did a an uh, ocean view stateroom on the Freedom, and I think maybe it's just the having the space devoted to the balcony really shrunk down uh, more than I anticipated. It was still adequate for the four of us, but. Um, it, 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 was, it was nice, but it wasn't as big as I, as I was maybe picturing in my mind. Okay. And now as far as like space to put everything away with the, the wife and the two daughters, uh, did you find that okay? 
Yeah, that was really good. There's plenty of closet space for hanging clothes. Uh, the shelf space was great. Uh, a little tip for those surviving small kids: what my wife did was she packaged up all of their all the girls' clothes and complete outfits in separate Ziploc baggies. Okay. And so rather than having to tear the room apart trying to find a matching outfit, we just let the girls pick whatever baggie they wanted to wear that day, and they just wore whatever was in the bag, which which worked out great. And they just each had a shelf, and 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 everything was good. We had plenty of room underneath the bed for the, to store the suitcases and. Um, you made the most of we brought some uh, magnetic hooks for the walls to, to hang stuff on and it worked out really well. Since you said it was a little bit smaller uh, than you ex- expected, uh, would you book that cabin again? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, I might go back to uh, an ocean view mm-hmm. or um, so maybe look at a junior suite for a little bit more space, depending on yeah. the kind of deal I get. Okay. Let's talk about uh, I like the, the idea of the deluxe ocean views on, on the Dream Class ships. Uh, and I think Vista Class has this as well, where they have uh, separate bathrooms. So mm-hmm. you have a, a tub and, and, one, and then a sink in one bathroom and the, and the toilet in the, in the other. Um, so I might look into those on our next uh, Carnival cruise. Yeah, it makes getting ready with a family a lot easier for sure. Indeed. Yeah, definitely. Uh, let's talk about the food on Carnival Breeze. Of course, um, it has all the bells and whistles. So we'll start up top at the uh, Lido Deck area and work our way down from there. So how was the buffet? Buffet was good. Uh, in, in general, I thought the food was much better than what we experienced on the Freedom a couple of years ago. Um, I thought the, the food on the Lido Buffet was, was fresh. There's plenty of choices. Uh, it never seemed too crowded. And so there's always uh, different lines you can go on. Um, yeah, it was a good variety and really, really tasty stuff. Very cool. Now, as far as Guy's Burger Joint and Blue Iguana, uh, Blue Iguana Cantina, how was that? Uh, well, Guy's Burger Joint is is a, a fan favorite for a reason. I mean, it, it, the burgers are good, and I think those 3,000 calories that they put in each burger has something to do with that. <laughs> but, uh, I, I was able to limit myself to only one for the week, but it, and it was it was well worth it and, and very good. The Blue Guana Cantina, I only really do the uh, the breakfast tacos from there, and those are those were really tasty as well. Okay. Um, the other specialty dining up top is the uh, Cucina del Capitano, and uh, we did the free pasta bar at lunch one day, and that was really good too. Early in the week, it wasn't crowded at all. We were able to just walk in and place our order. Uh, later in the week, there's a line out the door, so the yeah. secret got out pretty quick. Yeah, for sure. That, does that ship have barbecue on it? It does. It actually uh, went through a dry dock back in April of last year. And uh, and it, it converted the uh, the seaside barbecue into the guy's uh, pig and anchor, mm-hmm. and that was really good too. We had the the pulled pork and mac and cheese and um, uh, the shredded beef, and, and those were was excellent. Very very good. Just curious, how were the crowds at the barbecue place for you on sea days? It depended on the day and the time. We went mm-hmm. one time and there was no line at all. We just walked right in and, and right up to it and grabbed our stuff and went. Um, but that wasn't at a, at a peak hour. Um, no. The other day we tried to go and there's there's a, a short line, but it is it's still very manageable. Yeah, it was it was definitely when I did it on um, Carnival Magic. It was so hit or miss. It was like you'd walk by and there would be a line like almost to the door, and then the other times you could walk by and like walk right up to the barbecue stand. Yeah, and I think going in January, we had a couple colder days, mm-hmm. and so there wasn't as many people that wanted to just go stand outside and wait for wait in line for yeah. it. Um, uh, but on the, the day we had a nice day, a nice weather for a sea day, uh, there was longer line. It was, it was tough to find seating out there too. Yeah, definitely. Um, did you do the steakhouse at all? We did. Uh, we did the steakhouse uh, one night, and you know, it, people had built it up to me as, as as a great experience. I've experienced several land-based steakhouses, and I'd say it's it's pretty comparable to those it wasn't as built as as big or as good as it was built up to my mind to be but mm-hmm. um i still enjoyed my my cowboy ribeye and yeah um, and everything one thing to to note though is with the new menu they don't allow for any desserts to go and so we, that's one customer service issue we encountered on the ship 
was that we need to go pick up our kids from the uh, kids club by by 10 uh, from Camp Ocean. And um, we did not communicate that well with our service team um, when we arrived. Mm-hmm. And so when there was, the service was a bit slow, we got when we came to dessert course, we just asked for dessert to go and, and we can go get our kids. And they would not comply with that. There was there was nothing they could do. So we ended up having to send one to get the kids and wait outside, and then we took turns. Oh, d- did you get the um, – they have that on the new menu. They have the – I think it's called table art. Did you get that by chance? We did not. We, we saw that on the menu, mm-hmm. but we, we did not get that. We saw the, an adjacent table get it. It looked like a lot of fun. But yeah. we, um, we ended up getting the um, – I forget what it was, but it had a, like a chocolate dome on it too. Um, I'll tell you though, the best dining experience my wife and I had on the ship though is we did the chef's table one night. Oh, cool. How was that? Oh, it was amazing. We did it on the uh, Freedom a couple years ago as well, and, and now it's a, it's a new menu that we did on the Breeze this year. And um, and the Breeze is, actually takes place in the galley itself. They had tables set up uh, in one of the prep areas. And so you're sitting there eating dinner while you have waiters running by and going up and down the escalators to, to retrieve food and bring it to the tables. It was really kind of cool to see. Is it, what, is it a, like a loud experience when it's set up in the kitchen? Yes, yeah. there's a, there's a lot of background noise. I mean, you're in a working commercial kitchen, so there's there's people shouting, there's people running back and forth, calling out orders. Uh, there's there's dishwashers running in the background. There's there's food being served. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a noisy experience. But where they put us, mm-hmm. then we were still able to have still able to have a normal conversation at the table. Okay, cool. And that's like what seventy five dollars a person. They actually just raised the price to ninety five a person. We we were fortunate enough to to reserve ours before they raised the price, so they still honored the old price for us. Mm-hmm. But um, no, it's ninety five a person now, and uh, I think it's well worth it because they're actually pouring wine all yeah. night as well. Um, so that that ninety five dollars they don't advertise, but it's is typically inclusive of, of the wine you drink too. Sink or swim for ninety five dollars. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I mean it, it's well worth it for someone who considers themselves a foodie like I do, mm-hmm. um, and. I mean, we we walked in the, the dining room or the uh, in the galley. We uh, went to this one prep area first, where they had a couple of little amuse bouche appetizers, and the chef was making this this Greek yogurt lollipop on a on an griddle, and that was kind of cool to see. And then um, they sat us at the table. We had uh, the first three courses. We got up and went took a tour of the galley. So we saw the hot food line, the the, the cold prep area. Uh, went to the pastry area. They did the live demonstration of how to make the melting chocolate cake, and then they um, they went back and finished the meal. So the other th- two or three courses. About how long was that whole process? Like a three hour ordeal? Yeah, two to three hours. Yeah. And it, I wouldn't say ordeal, but <laughs> it was well, definitely a it, it was a it was a two or three hour leisurely meal. It yeah. was it was it was great. Okay, very cool. Uh, main definitely dining. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I said definitely definitely would do that again. Cool. Uh, main dining room. How was that? My dinner was pretty good too. The food was good. Our wait staff was great. We had a uh, um, our head waiter was Sabi and and uh, assistants uh, Tatiana and Jobert, and they were so great with the kids. They they just loved the kids. And in fact, Tatiana was shedding tears whenever they were, she was saying goodbye to the girls um, when when we left. But the food was really good. They they we got the portions have gotten smaller, but I think that's okay because you can order two if you mm-hmm. want. And uh, I think they anticipate that now too. Um, and that was great. And then on this cruise, they'd actually brought back the baked Alaska for one of the last nights, uh, which was an amazing thing. What, uh, what was your favorite meal in the main dining room? Oh, I'd say probably lobster night. Yeah. Uh, having the lobster tail. And then I, I just made mine a surf and turf. So I had like a flat iron steak with lobster tail. And that was just amazing. Awesome. All right. Let's switch gears here and talk about entertainment. How was your entertainment on board on this uh, seven night sailing? So the musical acts around the ship were awesome. They, uh, the band, the house band was really good, and they, they had very versatile in their in their types of music and, and excelled at all of them. 
the piano bar was was great. The guy doing the piano bar was just a, a hoot to, to interact with and, and was great with the crowd. There's a really good solo guitarist and their string groups. The uh, playlist productions were just kind of okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the talent was was decent, but the, the shows themselves are just kind of campy and cheesy. And what something that gets under my skin is when they have the fake instrument playing. So we yeah. saw the Country Road show, which follows the story of a country band. And so they uh, they start out by playing these guitars, and you just tell they weren't actually playing the guitars. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, just it's it just insulting to the intelligence of the audience to just to sit there and pretend like that and not not show any actual talent. I agree with you 100%, man. That Nothing drives me more wild. I was at the Country Road show on Carnival Magic, and I felt the same way you did. It, it burnt me up watching them act like they were strumming a G chord and way off. <laughs> exactly. And then what's even worse is the uh, piano, the 88 Keys piano show, because it starts out with the actual piano bar guy coming in and really playing stuff. Mm-hmm. And then one of the actors from the playlist group comes in and takes over and – on the same instrument is not even really playing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, give me a break. Who um who was your cruise director on this sailing and what did you think of he or she? So our cruise director was Schwartz okay. and um he was really great. I know he's one of the, the fan favorites as well, but he was really fun, highly energetic, very charismatic, very interactive, always willing to stop and talk to someone in the hallway as he's rushing from place to place. I really don't know how cruise directors do it. That's got to be one of the toughest jobs out there, just yeah. to be on all the time and, and going nonstop like that. There's a lot to be said about a cruise director who actually does FaceTime too because you know a lot of them – or not, I shouldn't say a lot of them in generalized, but some of them you only see when they're on stage. You know, They don't walk around the ship, but – I think um, you know when one walks around the ship like that and is friendly. I think they leave like a lasting impression with you. Absolutely, yeah. I think he was just, he was just a, a, a real good person to follow along. And I'm not really one that that follows the cruise director a lot. And, you know, having two small kids, we don't go to a lot of the the adult events and stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, he he did the uh, Doctor Seuss story time and did a great job with that, reading the story and, yeah. and was um, you know played the part and did a good job. What did your kids think of uh, the kids club on board? Oh man, they loved it. They mm. they didn't want to leave when we came to pick them up. Um, it was it was kind of funny because we we go up about uh, quarter till ten the first morning. They open at ten o'clock, and there's a line of parents waiting to drop off their kids, uh, just banging on the door. <laughs> uh, but um, we all dropped off the kids, and the kids just had an absolute blast. And even my my two year old, you know, just one day I dropped her off, and she just walked right over in the middle of the crowd of the kids as they were the one of the leaders was doing a song and. Um, and she just jumped right in and started doing the motions and the singing along. And, um, and I was, that's, that's kind of the, the litmus test for me there is when, when my younger one is, is feels comfortable and, and wants to go participate, mm-hmm. then the kids club is doing something right. For sure. Uh, let's talk about sea days. How were the sea days on board carnival breeze? You know, the sea days were good. We, uh, we were scheduled to have three sea days. We ended up having a fourth, uh, as a, as a surprise we'll talk about in a little bit, but, uh, never felt like the ship was too crowded on the sea days. There's enough to do and there's a big enough ship and there's enough indoor and outdoor spaces that there, uh, it seemed to flow very well and there's a lot of stuff to do. The, uh, the ropes course was, was a blast. Um, the pools, the first couple of days were really cold just cause it, we sailed in the middle of the winter, but the aft pool was heated and that was, that was great. Uh, and then the days where we got a little bit warmer weather, the kids just love the splash area too. Cool. Very nice. Now you, um, you mentioned that you had a kind of a surprise sea day. Talk to us about that. Well, so that was, uh, I was supposed to be our second port day. We, we were, uh, supposed to go to Grand Cayman and, uh, we were the third or four ships to go into the, the harbor and realize that the seas were just too rough, uh, with about eight to 10 foot swells for the, the tender boats to operate. And so they just turned around and went straight to uh, Cozumel instead. So we ended up having an extra sea day. 
Okay. As far as the uh, like, how, how was the reception of the crowd when you figured, you know, when you found out, hey, we have another C day and no port. Mixed. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've been, uh, like I said, I've only done three other cruises before this, but I, I, I'm familiar enough with cruising that that you know you can't control the weather, right? Yeah. And it's it's not the cruise line's fault or their decision. It's just that uh, I think they just in the interest of safety, they're to keep it safe by not doing it. So um, I was okay with it, um, and I booked my cruises for the ship anyway. So yeah. I, I, I like being on the ship, and that's fine. Um, other people, even in my own party, were, were, were less than enthusiastic about it. But overall, people made the best of it and and had a good day on board. And what, the, the, the crew staff, I think, did a pretty good job just, just rallying and coming up with some activities and things to do during the day. Yeah, because talk about being thrown a curveball, right? Someone's supposed to be off the ship for eight hours, and then <laughs> they ain't Indeed. getting off the ship. you got to find something for them to do. But, you know, they've been doing this long enough. Yeah. This isn't the first time this has ever happened. Right. They should have, I think they have contingency plans in place and yeah. just you know a, a template ready to roll out and, and get rolling. Yeah, for sure. So the port you did hit on this sailing was Montego Bay in Jamaica and Cozumel, Mexico. So what would you do in Montego Bay? So we actually ended up staying on the ship because it was before we, we didn't make it to Grand Cayman. We, we planned to do a beach day in Grand Cayman the next day. Mm-hmm. We just heard mixed things about getting off the ship and walking around Montego Bay and with two small kids. And, and we just didn't see any uh, shore excursions that really sang out to us. So we decided to stay on board and enjoy the ship. So my wife and I had actually booked the, uh, the thermal spa package for the whole week. And then we booked a couple's massage for that morning. Okay. Um, so we dropped the kids off in the kids club and went and enjoyed a massage and the thermal suites. And, and, and then we got them and, and really enjoyed the splash area and, and the uncrowded amenities on board. Nice. And how about Cozumel? Cozumel, we actually uh, we didn't want to take the kids in a, in a taxi without car seats. And so we didn't – we. We would normally would have gone to like Machicacom or, or Mr. Sancho's or something, but instead we found a, a place called the Park, the Grand Park Royal, mm-hmm. uh, which is about a half mile walk from the cruise pier, and it's an all inclusive resort right there. You actually check into the main desk. There's a couple pools, which unfortunately were ice cold, mm-hmm. but they do have a little private beach area where you just go actually underneath the main road there, right, right by the cruise terminal, and um, there's a beach where you're essentially looking at the Royal Caribbean ships um, that are docked. Okay, how much was that the admission? Do you remember? It was, uh, I think it was fifty dollars for adults and twenty dollars for kids. Okay, gotcha. and that's all inclusive, so it includes your drinks and your lunch, and and then all the um, amenities. The snorkeling is pretty good at the little beach area, and there's there's a couple like I said nice pools there. I think on a warmer day would be much better, but I, I would uh, definitely look at doing it again. It's a very nice, relaxing day and and a good price. So you make your way back to Galveston. Um, how was your disembarkation process? On our last Carnival cruise, it was a lengthy, just laborious process. And this time, we were in a high number group, but we just went to the aft show lounge and, and hung out there for a while. Mm-hmm. And then when our number was called, it was about 45 minutes ahead of what they anticipated it would be. And then we walked off the ship. Our bags were right there in the, in the big hall. We grabbed those, and we literally walked through customs. There was no line whatsoever. Uh, I think not having the decoration forms anymore really helped out. Yeah. And so, like I said, we were off the ship and in our car within about 20 minutes. Okay. Um, so it was any- way better than our last experience on the Freedom back in 2015. How long was that process about? That one was about an hour and a half or uh, more. Um, yeah. We were waiting in the in the, in the main theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when we got our bags, we had to wait in the customs line for about half an hour to 45 minutes. Uh, and then we had to, before we actually got got up to the guy and then we had another 15 minutes talking to him oh, and wow. so it was it was a lot longer process so i think they've really really dialed it in here in, in galveston and um embarkation and debarkation were both just a breeze do you have any first time tips to offer anyone sailing carnival breeze 
Yeah. So if you have kids and you're interested in doing the Dr. Seuss breakfast, book that immediately upon boarding. We, we waited till that evening and it was already sold out and mm. we were unable to do it. That said, though, if and if it is sold out, show up the morning of anyway. And if there's a cancellation or a no show, they will let you in. My, my sister was able to get into the breakfast, even though she didn't have a reservation. So that was really good. One of the best kept secrets, I think, is that they have a wine package available in the main dining room. And it's not really well advertised, but it we didn't we don't drink enough to, to really warrant the, the unlimited beverage package. But in the dining room, you can buy five bottles of wine for either I think one forty or one eighty, mm-hmm. and that's depending on what levels of wine you want. And so that was a really good deal because the bottles are usually about forty bucks each, so you can save some money there, and you can take the bottles with you after you're done uh, with dinner, or you can hold them for the next night. Okay. Um, and then lastly, uh, download the Carnival Hub app and pay the extra $5 a person to do the chat feature. That really helped us keep in touch on board with our group. Did you buy the internet p- uh, plan on board? No, I did not. No. Um, my dad did. And he, did he got a social package mm-hmm. uh, for some things. But no, I, I'm a, in my mind, one of the best things about cruising is disconnecting from the real world and not being able to be bothered. I gotcha. Looking back on this sailing, what was the biggest highlight for you? I think this was a family reunion cruise for me. And so honestly, the, the biggest highlight for me was, was spending time with my whole family, seeing both my siblings and their families and, and my parents as well. Sharing the first time cruise experience with my sister and her husband and my parents uh, were, were really good too. Like I said before, being cut off from work from and from work and from social media was a great thing. Just a nice break from you know the gadgets that, that leash me in all the time. Mm-hmm. And the staff on board was a, was a huge highlight as well. They were just it went above and beyond friendly and uh, helpful. Our stateroom steward was amazing. Our dining staff was amazing. Um, and definitely make sure you, you you tip them well at the end of the week too. Final thoughts of Carnival Breeze. Uh, it's a great ship. There's there's something for everyone from ages two and up. Um, my sister had a one year old with her, so and and there wasn't really much for for the one year old to do. So she kind of t- stuck along with us for for most of the time. But uh, there there is something for just about everybody to do. It's a big ship. It doesn't feel too crowded. And then you know it's it is moving to Port Canaveral in September. So if you're in Galveston, you want to do the breeze, uh, get it while you can because it's going to be replaced by the Vista coming up in September. Okay, PJ, thanks for sharing your review, buddy. Thanks, Doug. Have a great day. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker from my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Let's see what we've got for you. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.